So, what's happening? What's happening? I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. I just stare at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. It's Stone Weekly Dose. Give me the maximum allowable human dosage. Available for download at 6 a.m. Figure out what will kill me and then back it off a little bit. When you say something, it's your word. It's something that you mean. It's something that you're, it's a value. And if you don't believe in it, you shouldn't endorse it. Available for download every Wednesday. At stoneonair.com. Still continuing my uh, little customized edits there. Get that taken care of into the new year. My name is Brian Stone. This is the most downloaded, most listened to, most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. It is the Weekly Dose under the Stone on Air podcast umbrella. My name is Brian Stone. Thank you for finding the show. Any of your favorite podcasting apps is a good place to do it. And if you are listening through a podcasting app, which... If you're not, that means because you likely don't really know what a podcasting app is. If you're already on uh, iPhone, which it seems like majority of people probably are, then that little purple icon that says uh, podcast or whatever, so purple little thing there, well, that's you're already there. It's already preloaded. You just go there. You search out Stone on Air all in one word or Brian Stone with a Y. It'll pull right up. If you're on Android or anywhere else, I'm also available. You just have to download the app yourself, and there's countless ones out there. If you do listen through that, which if you don't and you try it today, I promise you, you'll never listen any other way. And then you'll start seeking out all kinds of other killer shows, your favorite radio shows, your favorite TV shows that sometimes the the, the news organizations and the sports organizations, they uh, like Pardon the Eruption or Speak for Yourself, Fox Sports 1. Uh, those are two that I listen to that are TV shows that translate to the radio or to a podcast. You can download them for free and listen whenever you want on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your iDrone, on your iDud, on your iPod, whatever it is. It is incredibly cool, and it is not a new technology, and I still talk to people every single day that have no idea what it is. So play around, and if you're listening on one of those podcasting apps, if you would, please, even if it's a bad review, even if it's saying, Brian, I think you suck, and I hate your show, just type that in the reviews, because those things really do add up and mean a lot. And if you don't want to do any of those things in the SoundCloud page or through Facebook or whatever else, works as well so i'm just telling you if you venture out into that podcasting app world and start searching for things that you like you will thank me and be happy that you did because it's really 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 cool stuff coming up on the show today the harlan carter story i've been talking about it for the last uh, week and a half or so as a lot of people are looking at best ofs albums songs things of that nature here's the end of the uh here is just about two weeks away now as it's now, December 14th, 2016, my favorite song of the year, my favorite album of the year, has a song that tells a story of historical fact that I think is really cool that I have been was going to tell last week and then I didn't get around to it, so I'll do this week. I do want to say real quick, uh, before I get to too much more nuts and bolts here, the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas show at JJ's this weekend, the 17th, and at Ashley Street Station in Valdosta, Georgia on the 23rd is where you'll find Nick Lutzko and Greasy Rick in his outfit performing the uh, Tim Burton and Danny Elfman 
classic, the Danny Elfman, the score and soundtrack. Burton, the writer of the film from the early 1990s. I had both Greasy and Nick in. Seek it out on uh, or this past week. Seek it out on uh, YouTube, on stoneonair.com, or uh, through social media. And it was really cool. We had a lot of fun. I hope you'll uh, check that out. The Weekly Dose is now officially going forward into the new year every Wednesday. We'll call it your midweek download destination, if you will. So if you'll uh, check that out, I'd appreciate it going forward. And that's all that's guaranteed into the new year. And then hopefully get some money flowing and be able to keep this thing going for hopefully the rest of my life. Um, There's only three weekly doses left this week, next week, and the following week. And I'm going to be featuring bumper music from Brad Steiner's quote, even though no one asked me, it's the return of my top 10 albums of 2016, end quote, from his Facebook postings. He does it every year, at least for the last several years that I can remember. And uh, Brad gives me a hard time about not keeping up with things and not listening to him. And he's wrong. I listen to him a lot. And uh, I'll have a tune from one of his lists. So I'm not taking the credit for this. I'd never heard of these bands until I got them off of Brad's 2016 top 10 albums or uh, songs or however I uh, break it down. So I will go from his collection of this year's best music and use them as bumper music coming into the second segment of the show. So Brad, stop telling me that I'd never listen to you because I often do. And the year anniversary of the show... The Stone On Air official show is next month on the 17th. One year almost, when I still had a job, I decided to try to branch out and figure out a way to expand my audience and to expand my revenues. And while the audience expanded, the revenue never did. And then there was a hiccup in the middle of the year, and that kind of screwed up everything. Uh, But it's still been a lot of fun and have been able to meet a lot of people and been able to branch out into a lot of different audiences. So if you came from some of those shows, thank you for being here. And on the 28th, which is the final Wednesday of December, I am going to do a look back of the first year of shows from just the Stone on Air, live, local, performance-based, conversation-based show that started on Talk Radio 102.3 earlier this year and for the last five and a half months has been podcast standalone and I'll do a retrospective and just kind of a look back of some of the cool bands some of the cool conversations and we'll do that on December 28th the final Wednesday of the year coming up here in about uh, just shy of seven or eight minutes the similarities between the Obama administration and the Trump administration regarding the electorates And also how the fake news, bad info, fact-free society kind of works its way into that, whether you like it or not. That's coming up in the second and final segment of the show. But uh, from the Times Free Press today, the uh, fires are finally mostly gone up in Sevierville. Government uh, Bill Haslam has called the Severe Wildfire, which began inside the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, quote, the worst in a century in the state of Tennessee. Tennessee forester Jerry Jeter has estimated the cost of the state division of the forestry at more than $6 million before the severe county fires. And we're just talking about the, gra- the, the, the people on the ground, the, the departments that prepare for this, 
prep this, fix this, clean it up. This is just on the ground. This has nothing to do with residencies or commercial properties. So that's just $6 million before the fire started. Totals released Friday by the Joint Information Office on Sevier County fires showed a cost of another nearly $6 million. The cost will be shared by numerous local, state, and national agencies involved in fighting those fires. And grants are going to be um, looked into to help pay for that. So $12 million of just cleanup, of just prevention, of just uh, pre, during, and post disaster like that kind of fire. And that doesn't even begin to talk about the businesses and residencies lost. So that was an absolute freaking mess up in Sevierville. And luckily, it is virtually, well, almost over anyway. Another one from Times Free Press, sixth Woodmore bus crash lawsuit targets this time the bus manufacturers so six lawsuits now you got to imagine these are just going to keep rolling in the uh, this lawsuit is in connection with the woodmore elementary crash points its finger at a new target the bus manufacturer itself thomas built buses of north carolina is on the hook for manufacturing a quote unreasonably dangerous and defective end quote vehicle whose window system failed to prevent children from ejecting during the deadly Tally Road crash on November 21st. From the lawsuit, there were safer alternative designs. And then it goes on from there. This is a trickle-down effect that's going to be an absolute disaster for many people, many companies, portions of the education transportation industry, and then certainly the loss of life. This is just, just, just absolutely terrible, and it's only going to get worse and worse. From a litigation standpoint, from a monetary standpoint, and from um, just an emotional standpoint. So, coming up after Stone's Throw, I will tell you how the Obama administration and the Trump administration regarding the electorates are awfully similar. And how fake news, bad information, and a fact-free society is allowing that. First, the Harlan Carter story that I've been talking about for about a week and a half. Is Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? So I was talking about, I don't remember exactly what it brought it up, actually, the other day. I think it was uh, song lists and best ofs and might have even been giving my buddy Brad Steiner over Hits 96 some, some grief about how he says, I never listen to him. And he's right. I've, I've missed out on a few things I should have paid attention more often, but I do listen to him. But we were talking about different songs that were best of the year and albums that were best of the year. And um, sometimes you're just not going to break away from what you're familiar with, right? I mean, I, I'm not into r and I'm not into, uh, you know, what, what, whatever you would consider Frank Ocean. So I'm never going to sit down and listen to Frank Ocean and be like, okay, yeah, I hear you. That's great. I love that. Just because it's not my thing. I'm not all that into it. He's not into Southern rock and, you know, alt country, Southern, that, that, that kind of thing. And so he's never going to sit down, usually, and 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 give much credit where it's due because it's just not, it's not in his comfort zone. And when I start looking at these lists, 
done by Brad. He does his. Go to go to his Facebook page or Twitter. Uh, Brad stinks. I normally is the best way you can probably find him. But I, I look at these lists throughout the year, and I I see one name as far as best album and best song, and you know they get best movie and best this and best that that I don't see as much, except for a couple people that I know that I you know that we listen to the same thing, so they don't count. And that would be the Drive By Truckers' new album called American Band. And what the Drive-By Truckers have done is they are an alt-rock. It's, it's very rock and roll, but it's very Southern. And it's very, at times, redneck. And it is very much the Southern thing. They get it more than anybody else. Sometimes their song, songs can sound so simplified, they sound dumb. And sometimes they can sound so incredibly intelligent, it doesn't make sense to a not very in, intellectually progressive mind. And they're fan base is kind of from the Trump world. So to go out and do an album called American Band with the flag at half staff on the cover and sing songs of uh, that are going against most ideology of where most their fan base comes from was awfully bold. And it's not something that most people can get away with. But because of the intelligence of the music whether it always sounds that way right off the bat without looking deep into it with, because of the intelligence of the music, it almost goes over their heads they don't even know, meaning the simpletons that can be the Southern rock fan. And I don't mean to be using wide-sweeping generalizations, but that certainly, there's truth to that. But put a, put a pin in intelligence and fan base and electorate, and we'll come back to that in the final segment of the show. But what this song is, what I'm calling the best song of the year, it's called Ramon Cassiano. It's written by Mike Cooley. The uh, the Patterson Hood, Mike Cooley, they're the drive-by truckers with a, a rotating cast of characters over the last 20 years. And it's about a guy named Harlan Carter. Back in 1931, in March, the 3rd to be exact, in Laredo, Texas, right in the border of Mexico. Harlan Carter was 17 years old, and he shot a 15-year-old, no telling if he was illegal, probably was back in 1931, records weren't really kept, shot Ramon Cassiano after returning home from school that day. Harlan Carter was told by his mother that there were three Hispanic youths loitering near the family's property. And then it's a lot of hearsay between what did and didn't happen towards the end, but in the end, Ramon Cassiano was killed by Harlan Carter. He was convicted of murder without malice, later appealed and then dropped by the courts. Harlan Carter would go on to be a border agent in Laredo, Texas. Later on, would go on to head the NRA. More on that in a minute. In 1973, federal agents investigated Harlan Carter concerning his former employment with the Immigration and Naturalization Service, the border agency. After that, they found 40 to 50,000 rounds of government ammunition that went reported missing. He was called before a grand jury to testify about the matter, but charges were never filed. In 1975, Harlan Carter was asked if he would rather allow convicted felons and mentally deranged and violently addicted to narcotics to have access to guns rather than have a screening process. Harlan Carter was an opponent of the 1968 Gun Control Act. Carter responded to that question, saying that arming dangerous individuals was, quote, a price we pay for freedom. A couple years later, 1977, Harlan Carter became the 
executive vice president of the NRA. Between 77 and 85, they went from an advocacy group, an education group, to more of a multi-million and later into a billion-dollar lobbyist, especially catapulting from the endorsement given by Ronald Reagan in 1981. Harlan Carter was the executive vice president until 1985, and he died in 1991. And when asked later in the 1980s whether he did indeed shoot a legal immigrant at the border, he initially denied it until later was given facts that he actually indeed did. This is the song Ramon Cassiano, only about three and change long, and I'll read the lyrics to you. This is history being told via rock and roll. My song of the year. From the album released in September called American Band and the Drive-By Truckers. Well, it all started with the border, and that's where it still is today. Someone killed Ramon Cassiano and the killer got away. Down by the Sisters Cities River, two boys with way more pride than sense. One would fall and one would prosper, never forced to make amends. Thank you for listening to the Stone On Air podcast, The Weekly Dose. He became a border agent and supplemented what he made. With creative deportation and missing ammo by the case. But since the bullet ran the operation, there's hardly been a minute since. There ain't been a massing, a mass shooting, at the border from Chinese troops to terrorists. had the makings of a leader of a certain kind of men who need to feel the world is against them out to get them if it can men whose trigger pull their fingers of men who'd rather fight than win united in a revolution like in mind and like in skin. The final verse of Ramon Cassiano from the Drive-By Truckers written by Mike Cooley. Song of the year, if you're asking me, Brian Stone. It all started with the border and that's where it still stays today. Down by the Sisters City River, but no one for sure can really say. The killing's been the bullet's business since back in 1931. Someone killed Ramon Castellano, and Ramon still ain't dead enough.
thank you for finding the most downloaded, most listened to, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. This is the Weekly Dose for December 14th, 2016. What's really going to change with the new administration? Is anything going to be all that much different? And what about the factless society and the fake news world we live in? More on that next on the Stone on Air podcast. Luckily not on the radio anymore. I don't have to worry about those F-bombs. Welcome back to the Stone on Air podcast, The Weekly Dose. My name is Brian Stone. This is Car Seat Headrest. One of Brad Steiner's favorites of 2016, and I started listening, and I agree. Thank you, Brad, for turning me on to it. We are not a proud race. It's not a race at all. We're just trying, I'm only trying to get home. Drunk drivers, drunk drivers, this is not a good thing. I don't mean to rationalize. The album's called Teens of Denial. The song is called Drunk Drivers, Wolves of Something. Hell, I don't remember. Wolves, sorry. Killer whales. Drunk drivers slash killer whales. It's clever lyrics. Kind of dork rock, but I like dork rock. Already running pretty late for the third to last weekly dose of 2016. Looking into the new year that the live local music show Stone on Air officially proper will be probably once a month with a uh, video component in my garage and then the weekly show once a week. And uh, celebrate the one year anniversary in uh, mid-January and just kind of go from there. As always, I appreciate you finding the show no matter how it is that you do it. Stoneonair.com, if you need to get hold of me for any reason, certainly please do at stoneonair at gmail.com. Final segment here, and I'm gonna keep it pretty short and sweet. Um, Let's start, there's two major problems. There's fake news, and then there's a rush to have information released. There's a rush to be first, whether it's right or not. And both of those are very, very dangerous, and it's seeping into the uh, social norms and into societal norms, into the cultural norms. And it's what's making things so convoluted, and nobody really seems to care. It's amazing how many, how little people care about things. It used to, once upon a time, I worked in media my entire adult life. Once upon a time, if you had bad information, that was damning. That was damning. Like you were done. Nobody was going to pay it. You were you you had committed career suicide if you gave bad information. And now it's like we welcome bad information. It's like it's it's we want bad information. I often say a lot of times uh, because we, we, we talk about, you know, he's a liar. That person is a liar. I think that we, as a culture, we do like to be lied to. I think we're a, a, a nation of fallacy and a nation of, of fraudulent information. But we didn't used to want to be 
lied to when it came to important information, and now we don't just don't seem to give a damn anymore. And so that's seeping into where we're at now with the new administration going forward into 2017. And I got a whole bunch. Of, I've been looking at lobbyist numbers. I've been looking looking at uh, at who's you know who's going to be taking some of these cabinet spots with the with Don Trump, which we'll do some more of that next week. What do you think is different about this? There's nothing different. This is just a Republican, quote unquote, taking office who is a really, I believe, a pretty disgusting person. But there are two there are things you need to acknowledge when it comes to your candidate or your ideological person you favor. And in this case, when it comes to Donald Trump, you have to understand just like I needed to understand and people need to understand in the late uh, aughts in 07 and 08 that, yeah, there was a lot of people who wanted President Obama to be president, but there was also a lot of poor, uneducated blacks slash minorities who voted for Obama because they believed that he was going to change their lives. And you have to look at the way things are now. Eight years later, we've had a cultural shift. Things have flipped around a little bit and you Trump voters and you can't be pissed off about this. You have to understand that there are a lot of people who have voted for the guy you voted for just because of the party affiliation. Poor, uneducated white people came out in droves to vote for Don Trump for the exact same reasons, because they believe that Donald Trump can fix their lives. And Barack Obama can't fix your life, no matter where you are. And President Trump can't fix your life either. And what exactly do we think that's going to change? Other than a few ideological things. Super PACs and lobbyists are still there. Trump's nominations and appointments in the cabinet seem to be just right along. Exxon, CEO of Exxon, Goldman Sachs. People are involved with these things. There's, not, there's nothing different here other than a change of power and a madman as president. But I, I, I'm not sure it's really that big a difference than just any other Republican. I'm not sure yet. But this seems to be the same old game. It was the same thing under Obama. It was the same thing under Bush. And it would have been the same thing under Hillary. This anti-establishment election is a complete ultimate fraud. This whole, oh yeah, we, we need somebody who's not a regular politician That's who we need. That's going to change things. What are you seeing that's any different than any other cabinet building transition team administration? So far, nothing. That was a fraud. You were played like a fool. Donald Trump is an absolute fraud. He's a con man, just like half his, his party said he was for a year. This is just a transition into a Republican Party administration and potentially for the next Certainly four years, as we know, but maybe even eight. I've been against Hillary Clinton as president of the United States for years. I didn't like this idea whatsoever. But as it got closer, and and I'll never back down from saying that that Donald Trump is an absolute maniacal demagogue, a madman, a crazy person. But in the end, I think he's just going to conform and just be another politician, just like all the rest of them. When he told you that's not what he was going to be. He's a liar. He makes things up. He contradicts himself. So does the entire party. But it's turned out as it got closer to the election, 
I sided with Hillary, just like everybody on the right did, who wasn't sure and was horrified by Trump, but they sided with Trump. Why? Because where we're at right now is 126 million people voted and 64 million people that were on the left got more left and 62 million people on the right got more got more right. We say we want an establishment shakeup and we are not truthful when we say that in a you know perfect world. That sounds great. But in the end, what we want is a powerful figure that will push our agendas and push our own ideologies. And we will sleep with anybody that we wouldn't have normally have to get to that point. That's what this election was all about. This isn't about Trump being some kind of anti-establishment thing. This is not these from his appointments and the cabinet building. He is just, it's just another Republican regime. And for and even finding myself cheering on Hillary. What? I don't like Hillary Clinton. This is a mess. And left is more left than ever. And right is more right than ever. And it's an ideological civil war. An ideological civil war. And I'm not giving up on 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 what is important to me and my guess is anybody on any other political spectrum isn't going to give up on what's important to them either and that's all i have to say about that tonight we'll call this thing a show thank you for hanging out i know it was kind of all over the place and fast moving and maybe even a little bit rambling but it's the middle of the night in the middle of the week and it is now officially december 14th meaning only a couple of weeks left of this absolutely wretched, wretched year. 2016 was one of the weirdest, dumbest, stupidest, oddest years I have ever been a part of. And I do not look forward to another one like it. Something tells me we might have a few coming up that will rival this one. We'll see. Do not be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember and continue to watch this space. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone On Air Weekly Dose for December 14th, 2016. And we'll talk to you next week. It's Stone's Daily Dose. What if we're still doing this when we're 50? It would be nice to have that kind of job security. At stoneonair.com.